Hello and welcome to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope Harry and this is Meditation 30, Alternative Energy. Now, with our return to the meditations content, I'm going to start with an overview. So, I do know, I promise that eventually we will be going to videos for the, the how-to types of things, but there are some conceptual things that we need to go over before we get there. And since I'm not where I need to be to make those videos, this is, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to go over a bunch of concepts, get the ideas out there, and then when I'm putting these ideas into practice, when the cathedral has moved, we will be moving over to video content in order to show you what I'm talking about in the degree that which I can show you what, what I'm talking about. All of these things, they do require resources. And as I attain the resources to make these things happen, that's when I will be doing these videos. When we talk about alternative energy, we mean an alternative to burning hydrocarbons in order to create energy. That's mostly the gist of it. It's don't burn coal to create heat, to spin a turbine, get the, get the energy to do that somewhere else or get another form of energy creation. That is why it's called an alternative because the main producer of energy for the last hundred years has been coal. You know, it's, that's, that's how we have derived electricity for over 100 years at this point. When I say alternative energy, there are four main types. You know, there's solar power, and there's two varieties of solar power. There's wind power, there's hydroelectric, and there's bio. Now, when I say bio, it means burning matter, you know, burning waste. Now, there are other forms of alternative energy like uh, geothermal, but geothermal is something that is very specific to a location, and I don't know if it's exactly safe for a homeowner to engage in geothermal energy harvesting. I don't think that there are geothermal vents anywhere where someone can actually procure their property in order to build a power station for themselves. If uh, if that were the case, it would fall under biofuel, bioenergy, steam engine. So I'm not really going to cover geothermal because I don't think it's tenable for the average person to get involved with. We're also going to talk about a little bit about carbon neutrality and the environmentalist movement that, as it is today and why I think it's complete and utter bullshit and where I agree somewhat with some of what they're saying they just take it to the point of insanity and we'll get into that later after this contacts interactions message we will get right back into this If you wish to get a hold of me, the Blasphemous Pope, there are plenty of ways. First and foremost, here on Spotify and on um, Spotify for podcasters, there will be always a question on the podcast itself. You can type in a little answer, and that's one way that which we can interact. Uh, as well as, there is a messaging feature where it, you can leave a voice message. Little warning. Those messages become able to be used in a podcast. If you wish for it not to be used in a podcast, please tell me beforehand so that this way I am not um, doing something against your wishes. I'm going to try to uh, abide by other people's wishes. 
um, the social media links on Spotify and the Spotify for Podcasters website are directly to me. You can contact me that way, add me as a friend, uh, follow me, what have you. If you wish to have a little more interaction with the community in total, there is a Facebook group where we do have a growing community, as well as the Discord, which has got a link at the bottom of the description. A little note on the Discord. As far as the Discord is concerned, that is where I'm going to be doing the live streaming from. So if you wish to take part in the live streaming, either by voice or by text chat, or just to sit there and listen as I do it live, you can do that on the Discord. So I do encourage you to join the Discord, of course. Uh, If we are trying to make a decision on something, I generally try to throw throw the decision out to my acolytes to vote on and if you want to get a a part of that action that's done through the facebook group thank you for listening and now back to the show Thank you for coming back. This is the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope Harry, and this is Meditation 30, Alternative Energy. Now, when we talk about alternative energy, we have four main types. That's pretty much it. Unless you are dealing in a very large scale for a homeowner, the things that are attainable are considered in four main types. Everybody knows that solar energy exists. It's the solar panels, there's there's scams going on on the internet, there's all sorts of claims that there's programs to get you free solar. Let's talk about solar energy. What solar energy is, is harvesting the the photons, basically, from the sun. You You are getting that electrical energy from direct sunlight hitting a solar panel. That's what everyone understands solar energy to be. Now, there are some alternative forms in which the solar energy can take. You can use it as a solar hot water heater. You can use it as a solar power unit, like for solar panels, or you can use focused solar light to boil water to create a steam engine. The primary thing, a a solar water heater, uh, just requires a a system to pump water through a series of pipes that are black in order to accept more heat energy into them, which heats the water in the in the system, and then you use that hot water. And as that hot water is used, it replaces itself. I do know for a fact down here in Florida, where I currently am, this is the system that most people use to create hot water for or warm water for their pools. So so you can have a warm water pool uh, at any point in time. The pool's temperature will stay stable in limited degree to in homes for providing hot water or at least providing the jump start start for hot water having warm water go into a water heater means that there's less time for that water heater to heat up the water you can have a lesser capacity and still maintain a relatively high degree of temperature it requires no specialized equipment you get a pump you have your 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 flow chamber it's like you know you're you're tubing your pipes or what have you and then 
you have your wherever the outlet is, whether it be into a hot water heater for a house or into a pool to keep the water warm, what have you. As far as the solar steam engine, this requires a turbine, of course, because you are going to be heating up water in a way similar to what happens with with natural gas, coal, what have you. To, they, they burn it, it heats up the water, it turns to turbine. Well, this, it would be using focused sun rays to heat the water to turn the turbine. A little note of warning, whatever you're do, heating your water up in, make sure that you don't have a open back to something that's flammable because you are going to be focusing sunlight and focused sunlight causes fires. All right, with all that being said, that turns the turbine, the turbine does its magic thing inside of it, creating electricity. We will talk about turbines in the future. And then you either go directly into the house for power or you get battery power. Obviously, battery power is superior because at nighttime there is no sun. Therefore, you do need sun somewhere, right? Um, you do need power coming from somewhere. If the turbine can't spin because it's dark out, then you have no power. Hence the need for batteries. Also, in the future, we are going to be talking about batteries quality, uh, qu battery qualities for powering your home. And then finally, we have the solar panels. How they work exactly, I am not qualified to give you that information. I do not, uh, I do not have that completely under my belt. All I know is it captures photons from the sun, which creates electricity, and that electricity runs into an inverter, and that inverter makes the electricity able to be used in the house. And this has to do a lot with electrical work, which when we do go deep into solar, we're going to talk about DC versus AC current and all of those types of fun things. But for now, that's what you need to know is you have an inverter and you can plug directly into your house from the inverter or you can plug into a battery station and then draw from the battery station. Hopefully you are producing enough power to power the batteries through the night right that's that's the minimum requirement now of course solar power is very sun dependent depending on the conditions you you may not save enough money to justify it for anywhere from six to ten years uh, that's a fact that's just the way it is it's you you the amount of sun you get is really going to determine the amount of power you're getting each day second one that I want to talk about here is wind power. Now, wind power requires turbines and batteries because, of course, the wind doesn't blow all the time. It's It blows a lot in some places, and it doesn't blow at all in other places. But wind turbines show that we have also the capability of human-turned turbines, which has been used and, and is a similar type of mechanism so I kind of tie them together. Setting up like a stationary bicycle to a turbine is sort of the same thing as setting up a wind turbine. They they do come in two varieties. They come in the horizontal and the vertical. You know your your vertical turbines spin on the vertical axis. Your horizontal turbines are the ones that you're used to seeing those big giant fans right that are like 100 feet up and stuff like that the birds fly into them that their maintenance is insane they their waste is non-recyclable and the fact of the matter is 
I think vertical turbines are actually a, a superior option. Of course, they are dependent on weather, but in the worst case scenario, if you have normally you have windy enough weather to work a turbine and then all of a sudden it all goes away, you absolutely can jerry-rig your wind turbine to be a human turn turbine and generate electricity that way. Of course, have batteries, use less power during the day, you know, shut your lights off during the day and at nighttime you'll have electricity. As far as wind turbines are concerned, these systems are variously ranging in price and you're looking at like a six to 20 year return on investment. When we come back, we are gonna talk about hydroelectric and bio uh, energy fuel. And welcome back. Marching right along. Meditation 30 Alternative Energy Hydroelectric. Hydroelectric is probably the first electric generator that that humans have created. Using water to create energy is something that's happened since before the harnessing of electricity. The mills, whether they be wheat mills or, or what have you, or lumber mills, all operated off of hydropower, meaning that they use the power of water to operate the machinery that they needed to to, do, to use. All this really requires is free running water. The speed at which the water runs, the force behind the water really determines how much power is going to be generated. Generator that, that produces electricity hooked up to a water wheel, obviously, or uh, a similar type of uh, apparatus there are in hydroelectric there's there are also tidal electric using the using the tides but those types of mechanisms are probably out of the scale for the regular joe homeowner so we're just going to talk about using natural rivers waterfalls what have you as a methodology for turning your water wheel that will turn your generator that will produce electricity of course as always you uh, probably will want to have a battery system put in place, but with this one, as opposed to sun, as opposed to wind, normally, in normal situations, you will know if you are not gonna have water flow. You're, and under normal situations, during your lifespan, that water flow probably is not gonna go away. And it's gonna happen 24 hours a day, seven days a week for years and years and years and years. It is not necessarily dependent on having a battery. You do not necessarily need to have a battery for hydroelectric power because your hydroelectric generator can run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, unless there is like some severe climate issue with your area. If you have severe droughts where the water dries up in the, but that's not a problem that batteries are going to solve because batteries are not gonna last months and months and months. I digress. The same thing if, if you have, if you live in a place where the water freezes, where a river that you would be drawing your hydroelectric power from, if it freezes over, well, then you aren't getting electric then either. And that arguably would be when you would need more electric. Um, just, just saying. 
then maybe this is just not the option for you. Now, as far as like a return on investment, there's really never been a comprehensive study for individual homeowner return on investment. The return on investment for hydroelectric dams for, for like large scale projects that require like, you know, millions of dollars is about five to 15 years. But I don't think it's necessarily that drastic for John Q homeowner. Finally, we're going to talk about bioenergy, which is really just burning matter. This is very similar to what we do now currently with hydrocarbons. You burn hydrocarbons, it creates energy, heats water, that water turns to steam, that steam in turn turns the steam turbine, which creates the electricity. Here comes a problem. If you listen to meditations that I did last year, almost around this time, I think it was like, like in spring last year, but almost around this time I was talking about composting the matter that you're going to be burning is matter that you would be using for compost and I don't know if that is necessarily the greatest trade-off there's other downsides to a biofuel the fact of the matter is it, it doesn't smell pretty it's not great and that's that's something uh, you also have to consider if you are providing your electricity the perk here is that steam engine will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as long as you can keep that water hot enough to keep producing steam and you keep the system closed so that the steam doesn't escape. So so there's that. I mean, you, you, you have that going for you. In the long run, I think that biofuel is probably not the best option to go with as you need that biological material in your compost to generate food. And that's probably going to be higher on the hierarchy than providing yourself electricity because you can live without electricity it might be inconvenient but you can't live without food and being able to feed your food into the future with the scraps and the, and the waste material from your food is probably your best option when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about carbon neutrality and environmentalism and i just want to warn you i have a bit of a mainstream controversial to mainstream take on on this see you when you get back i want to give a special thank you to all of my acolytes that is you the listeners as well as the listeners who have been with me since the beginning um, these people since before monetization since episode one and since before episode one have been friends and supporters of everything that I do. So I want to make sure I give them a special shout out. There is a space at the end of this list for listener supporters. Listener supporters are people who financially support this podcast, this production. And for as little as 99 cents a month, you can become a listener supporter. I would greatly appreciate that. To begin, we have Anarchic Radio run by Donovan Meter. Amy Lynn Russell and Moose Girl. The link for that is down in the description as well as the link for all of these projects. Extremist Being Awesome, run by Star O'Hara. This is a motivation and accountability group. Um, the Master of the Dark Arts of Marketing, Mr. Nathan Frazier. You can learn about the esoteric and not so esoteric arts of marketing through his content. The Salted Sicilian. This is a close personal friend of mine, Christy Caruana's food blog. She is a Culinary Institute of America graduate. 
a wild little podcast. This is a fellow podcaster here on Spotify for Podcasters. Uh, we did a lot of uh, promoting each other early on, and uh, I'm continuing that tradition. I have no idea what she's doing. Uh, other supporters that have been here since the beginning, uh, over on Twitter, we have We Trade Free, uh, Miss Kennedy Edwards, London Gardens, and over on Instagram, we have Mr. Michael Brandon Witt. Um, again, if you wish to become a listener supporter, it's as low as 99 cents a month, and you will be added to this. If you have a project, I absolutely will bark that project for you. I go over that stuff with an email between us, and then... Um, we can uh, continue our relationship. Now back to the podcast. And thank you for coming back. And again, also thank you very much to all of my acolytes. Uh, that's all of you. That's the reason why we're here. If it weren't for you, there would be no Bassmus Pope. Meditation 30, Alternative Energy, we do need to talk a little bit about carbon neutrality and the current environmentalist movement, okay? First and foremost, there is no such thing as carbon neutrality. We are a carbon-based life planet. All life on this planet is based on carbon. There is no additional carbon. There is no taking away carbon, I mean, to a massive degree. When we look at the Earth, we can't look at the Earth as this open system, because it's not. It is a closed system in and of itself. The amount of stuff coming in from outside of the atmosphere is nominal at best. The stuff that we send up out into space that never comes back is also nominal at best. To say that we're producing too much carbon is kind of fucking stupid. And and you have to be real fucking dumb to buy that kind of shit because we're not producing any carbon. All the carbon that, that, that we have is, for the most part, here. And it's been here the entire time. And we'll be here after we're all gone. The reality here is that carbon, specifically carbon dioxide, is very necessary for life on Earth. Plants use carbon dioxide to create the things that things that eat plants make and oxygen things that eat plants breathe or well everybody breathes right there aren't too many people there aren't too many change things here for anybody for us for life in general but in no way shape or form are we ending the earth that's not going to happen and the amount of carbon that we produce as as a species across the entire planet is not going to end life on earth or even end human life on earth and that's that's a myth that needs to be treated like a myth a planet's going to survive with or without us and we're not even really making it inhospitable for us to live in that's that's the reality of the situation we're not adding any more carbon than the the planet adds by itself and no measure of work that we do is going to really change that part as far as me and environmentalism is concerned i did absolutely say that i i disagree with the current movement but i don't necessarily disagree with environmentalism i don't disagree with being a good steward to the world around you i don't think that that's a bad idea 
I think that if you wish to preserve the natural beauty of this planet or the natural resources of this planet, you need to be a good steward. That doesn't mean you can't touch it, because as we've seen with what the Sierra、um, Society or whatever the fucking hell they're called did in on the West Coast, by you can't touch anything in the forests, has caused there to be an uptick in wildfires. Because if you're not managing those forests, if you're just letting them grow wild, well then what will happen will happen. And we're seeing that happen now. People's homes are being burned up because wildfires are out of control. This is what happens. Being a good steward sometimes means managing the nature, or living near nature. Having nature burn itself down every every so often is not going to be a great idea. There are dry seasons; those things happen. They've been happening for centuries. There are wildfires; those things happen. They've been happening for centuries. If you want to be pro-environment and not not have all of these wildfires, then you need to be a good steward to the forest. You need to care for the forest, which means that you need to manage the forest. It means you have to do controlled cutting. It means that you have to do forest raking. And I know everybody blasted Trump by saying this, but that's actually what it's called when you get the detritus off of the ground, get the dead trees. All for the ground because they're fucking kindling, you fucking morons. I am very anti-disposable society. I will say this right now. I think that we throw way too much shit away. I think that's that's a bad, bad way to be. And I think with the amount of people, the eight billion people on the planet, having to humanity be a disposable society is because their solutions, things like the Paris Accords. They they take the worst offenders off of that list. I, I'm not going to point any fingers, but the massive amount of quote unquote developing countries, the third world countries, and the one that's not a third world country that produces most of the waste on the planet, well combined they produce almost 99.1 percent of the of the disposable waste on this planet. They're exempt from the Paris Accords because they're quote unquote developing. The people who are doing the the better job have to be more stringent with themselves. The people who are doing the worst job because they're quote unquote developing, they get to have free reign. There's more population in the developing world than there is in the developed world. So you are not going to actually change anything. You're not going to change any trajectory by handcuffing the people who are doing the right thing. And letting the people who are doing the wrong thing, which outnumber them ten to one, run ham, right? The reality is, the current environmentalist movement is Malthusian in in nature. It it is genocidal in nature. The saying "the carbon they want to reduce is you" is is not a fallacy. It's not a joke. That's. That's the fact. That's what it is. They are looking to eliminate you, and the people who push the buttons and pull the levers behind the scenes—the the man, the the Wizard of Oz, which is actually the man behind the curtain—that fucking asshole doesn't see any problem with his existence, but he's looking to reduce everyone else's existence. The terms "useless eater" come from these people, and they're talking about you, the general public. Just keep that in mind. That every every time you prescribe to one of their big solutions, the end result of their solutions is that you, your family, your loved ones, everyone you know, care about 
they have to go. They have to go into the ground and they have to become part of the natural cycle of things because your existence is not necessary for their future. And with that, I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to uh, encourage you guys to come back. We're going to be going a little bit deeper, I believe, first into solar. Maybe I'll go deeper into one of the other subjects that I know I'm probably not going to be able to do, like an actual project of like biofuel or, or hydroelectric. I'm potentially not going to have a flowing river conveniently right next to where I'm living. So, so I might I might do those do a deeper dive into those because there's not going to be a video for them. But we're going to be continuing the meditations content, and I hope you come back for it. Thank you again. Goodbye.